A poltergeist haunts the farm of innocent people, and only one man can help. Gretir. But this will be a major challenge for him. Stay tuned to listen to the full story. Thank you very much for tuning in to Northman's Tales podcast, the podcast about Norse mythology, history of Vikings and the Germanic world, and other tales of the North. I'm Matthias and I'm your host, now sit with me by the campfire. This week I'll be telling you the saga of Gretir the Strong, written by Alan French. Chapter 4 The Hauntings at Torhalstead a man named Torhall lived at Torhallstead in Shady Vale of Waterdale. He had a large farm and much livestock, but the place was haunted by a troll. Cattle were taken away, and men were hurt, and the shepherds and cowherds were so frightened that they, could, that they would not stay. So the place got a bad name, and Torhall could get few men to serve him. Those who came stayed but a little while, except one old cowherd that worked at about the barns. At last, one summer at the Althing, Torhall went to Skapti, the lawman, and asked what he should do for a shepherd. Well, answered Skapti, I will send thee a shepherd named Glam, a sweet who will not mind thy troll, but I warn thee that he is an uncouth fellow and not likable. Torhall answered that he would not mind that if only the man would stay by him. Then Skapti sent Glam to make the bargain to Torhall. Glam was a huge and unkept man with a shock of hair and great grey staring eyes, uncanny to look on. Torhall asked, Wild will watch my sheep in winter. Glam said he would, if he were pleased with the service and not crossed in his ways. He asked what the place was like. Torhall answered that the vale was haunted and sometimes the shepherds were hurt. I do not mind such little things, said Glam. It will be less stupid for me. Well, replied Torhall, I need such a man as thou. So they agreed on the terms, and Glam was to come at the beginning of winter, when the hauntings increased, for they were less in summer. Torhall went home from the Althing and thanked Skapti for his help, and saw nothing of Glam until the beginning of winter, but on the appointed day he came to the stead. Torhall welcomed him, and he took up his work well. He was out in any weather and brought all his sheep home at evening. He would speak with the good man, but little with the others, and they liked him little. To the women he spoke roughly, and laughed when they sang pious songs, and scoffed when he saw them going to the church, and but that he did the work, 
as no one had before, he would have been sent away. So the winter came on, and Glam lost none of his sheep, and when they asked him if he saw any strange sights, he laughed, and said there had been little to notice. And then it came the day before Christmas, and at breakfast Glam called for his meat. This is a fast day, said the good wife, for tomorrow is Yule Day. I am sick and tired of such fooleries, said Glam, and I see no way in which we are better off than when we were heathen. Now give me my meat and stop this nonsense, said she. If thou keepest not to fast, I know it will be an unlucky day for thee. Bring me my food, said he, before I make thee. So she brought the meat for very few of him, and he ate his meal and went muttering to his work. It was a stormy day, and man could not see far on the mountainside. They heard for a while how Glam whooped to sheep to keep them together, and as the storm grew worse, they looked to have him bring the flock home early, but he did not come. They went to the church, and then night drew on, and still Glam was away. Then they asked whether they should not go out to seek for him and the sheep, but it was so late and stormy that no one went. But in the morning, when the weather was clear and all had been to church, Thor sent his men out to look for Glam and the sheep. Part of the sheep they found here and part there, some in the valley and some on the hills, till all were gathered together. Then the searchers came on a place which was trampled as if man had fought here. And there the feet of the fighters had moved great stones and hacked the frozen earth. And a little way from there lay Glam, dead. A fearful sight he was, black in the face and as huge as an ox. From that fighting place there led bloody footsteps, great and shapeless, away through the snow to the cliffs above the valley and the men were afraid to venture among the rocks to see what had made those marks. But it is true that since the time the troll had killed Glam was never seen again, so that Glam must have been the death of him. Now, though the searchers shuddered at the sight of Glam, looking more hateful in death than he had ever been in life, they tried to bring his body to the churchyard. But he was so heavy that they could not carry him far, and so went home for night was coming on. In the morning they went with the horses and the sledge, but even then they could get him but a little way. The horses could scarcely budge the sledge, and at last they got so frightened of their burden that it was not safe to handle them, and so they were driven home. Then on the next day the man went with the priest, who should exorcise the evil power that kept Glam from the church, but they could find the body nowhere, and at last the priest went home and then the others found the body just where they had left it. So they took counsel with Thorhall, and at last buried Glam where he lay, with a cairn of stones over him to keep him quiet. But soon after men came running into Thorhallstead at dusk, and said they had seen Glam walking on a hillside. Then on other days he was seen, and he was heard whooping up the valley, as if to call his sheep. He was seen close at hand by Yuletide fires, and one man lost his wits at the sight, for the thrall was more big and fearsome than he had ever been in life. Then of the twelfth night, 
Glam was seen close by the outbuildings of the farm. The serving men and women became frightened at that, for the troll had scarcely ever let himself be seen, but Glam's boldness meant much evil. So some fled away, and only the bravest remained. At last, one night, there was a great creaking of the roof, and all knew it was Glum walking on it. He stamped, so that they thought he would come through the fetch. After that, he walked the roof, nearly every night, and still others of the household fled from the place. Glum became so bold, that at last he was seen at the earliest dusk, and almost until sunrise in the morning. Those that went up into the vale, he chased, so that man scarcely ventured there, even by day. It was feared that the whole business of the farm would go to ruin, but as spring came, Anglam was seen less, so that Torhal knew he should have relief from the hauntings while summer lasted. So Torhal hired servants to stay with him that summer, and it was hard to get them even for that season. He heard of a man who was looking for work, being just landed and without the money. So Torhal went to him and offered him work. The man's name was Torgird. I need a shepherd, said Torhal, and I will not hide from thee that the place is haunted. No ghost has scared me yet, answered Torgird, and so they came to an agreement. Torgird went and watched Torhal's sheep, and all went well through the summer. But when winter came, then Glum was seen and every night he came and walked the roof. Torgat laughed at that, and said a ghost must come indoors before he would be troubled. Lucky art thou, said Torhal, if thou dost not meet him. Thou art well scared of him, at any rate, said Torgat, but he comes not near me out of doors. And though one day the shepherd's dog was found dead, with its back broken, Glam did not meddle with Torgat and except for his noises, he made no trouble until it came to the day before Christmas. Then that morning, the good wife begged the shepherd not to go out with his sheep, for that was the day that Glam was slain, and it seemed as if on the day before Christmas ghosts and trolls might wreck on those who came within their haunts, their wrath at Christ, whose birthday was to follow. But Torgat laughed, and said to the mistress, I am not afraid of that. I shall return in spite of Glam. So he went out with his sheep, and was not seen all day, and after sunset had not come home. They spoke of Glam's death on that day, and feared the same death had come upon the shepherd. But when Torhal wished to go out and search, no one would go with him while it was dark. So it was not till morning that they went out and searched for the shepherd, and found the sheep scattered as before. And at Glam's cairn they found Torgut dead, terribly bruised and with his bones all broken. They brought his body back to the churchyard, and buried him there, and his spirit did not walk. But Glam grew worse than before, and began to slay horses and the sheep which wandered up into the hills, and was often seen near the buildings while every night he trampled the roof. Then all Torhalt's people fled to other places, excepting only his wife and an old cowherd that had been with him now for many years, who would not go because the work needed to be done. He was the only one that dared to go out before the day, and he went early to his work, as he had always done. 
But one morning when the sun was up, the good wife went out to the barn and heard the kettle stamping and bellowing in its side. She ran to the house and called her husband to see what was wrong. He found the cows so wild that he dared not to go among them. But he looked in at the other buildings, and when he came to the hay barn, he found the cowherd lying all doubled up. Torhal went to him and found him dead, with his back broken as if over Glam's knee. Then Torhal feared for his own life. He took his wife and his goods and all the cattle that he could drive before him, and all the sheep that would follow, and went away of the whale to a safer place. But Glam slew all the cattle and sheep that Torhal left behind, and after that he went further down the valley and haunted there, cutting off stray sheep or cows and doing much damage. All dogs and horses that came up the valley he killed, and the hauntings grew less only when the spring came on. Then Torhal tried it once more and got a few servants and went back to his house. All went well for the summer, but when the long nights came on, then Glam was seen again, and at the first word of him, most of the servants fled away. Glam was very bold and walked the roofs nightly, and broke down doors and gates and walls. Torhal feared he must flee again, and men began to be troubled for all the lower valley, for Glam began to be seen upon the hillsides, peering down upon the farms. Now Gretir, journeying to visit some of his kin in Waterdale, heard of the hauntings at Torhal's dead, and thought that here was something at which he might try his hand. He asked his kinsmen all about the matter. They saw his wishes and would have kept him from the vale, for they said the family could not bear to lose such a man as Gretir had proved himself to be. Nevertheless, said Gretir, I mean to go. Thy luck, foretold they, will not always hold. Yet if Glam is not late, answered Gretir, he may visit you next. So nothing more was said on either side, and Gretir went to Torhal's dead. Torhal welcomed him well and was glad of his coming, for none came that way in those days. He asked where Gretir was bound, and Gretir said he came to spend the night here. Guests are rare with me, said Torhal, now I warn thee that none come here without losing their horses, for Glam slays them all. Well, Gretty said, I can buy plenty more. So the farmer put the horse in the barn and made Gretty welcome in every way. Gretty saw that the whole place was badly wrecked. There was not a door that had not been torn from its place, and the fences had been thrown down. Doors had been propped up at the house and barns. But everything else was in miserable order, and the farmer and his wife were there alone. But though there were all these signs of Glam, for the night there was neither sight nor sound of him, and when in the morning they went out to the barn, the horse was safe. This is the first night in a long while, said Torhal, the Glam has left me in peace. Either he will stay away longer, said Gretir, or he will come tonight and I will stay to see. So Gretir stayed there another night and slept in peace, for Glam did not walk the roof and he left the door untouched. But when in the morning they went out to the barn, there was the horse dragged from his stall and all his bones broken. Now, 
said Torhal to Grettir. Flee away from this place, or Glam will slay thee next. Nay, answered Grettir. In payment for my horse, I must at least have a sight of him. And though Torhal still begged him to flee for his life, Grettir would not go. So Grettir helped the farmer in his work about the place, and at night laid down in the hall, but the farmer went to his locked bed. Grettir lay upon the settle, and before him was a strong beam by which he might brace himself. He wrapped himself in his cloak and went to sleep. A light was set to burn there, and the hall looked miserably battered and pillaged. It was not yet midnight when Grettir was waked by a great noise above his head, as if the roof were falling in. He lay still and listened, and heard Glam trampling the roof up and down the whole length of it. The rafters creaked under him, and the whole building groaned with the strain. For a long time Glam walked back and forth, and the farmer and Grettir both lay quiet, but every minute it seemed as if the roof would fall. Then, at length, Grettir heard how the frau leaped to the ground and strode to the door of the hall. With one twitch, he snatched the door from its place and flung it far away. There was a moon that night, and Grettir saw how the light streamed in through the door into the passage. Then the moonlight was cut off as Glam stooped before the door and put in his head. Enormously tall was he, and horribly large of head. The hair was wild, and the eyes were great and glassy. He came into the passageway and stepped softly into the hall. There he straightened up so that his head was at the crossbeams. He held with his hands to the beam nearest the passage and rolled his eyes, staring about the hall. Gretel lay quiet, and the farmer cowered in his bed. Then, when Glam's eyes were used to the dim light, he saw Gretel lying like a bundle on a seat, and came up the hall with great silent strides to where he lay. He reached forth a long arm and seized the cloak and strove to pick Grettir up to see what he was. Grettir braced himself by the beam at his foot, and Glam did not budge him. Then the ghost pulled harder, and still Grettir did not yield. A third time Glam pulled, and this time he raised Grettir from his place, but the stout cloak tore into two pieces between them. Glam stood there, stupidly peering at the cloak he held in his hand. Then Grettir ran in upon him, and seized him by the body, and tried to bend him backwards. But Glam stood stiff as a tree, and Grettir could not move him, and Grettir saw that he had more in his hands than ever he had dreamed of. Then he braced himself by the beam at his feet, but Glam gripped him, and tore him away. Glam strove to break Grettir's hold about his waist, yet Grettir held fast, and tried again to throw him, but the weight was too great. Then Glam drove Grettir before him, and crushed him against the wall. But Grettir twisted about, and the paneling was broken as Glam lurched into it. So at last Glam put out his strength, and by pushing and pulling he began to get Grettir away from the wall and toward the door. That was a mighty wrestling, for Grettir did utmost to save himself. He was no match for Glam in strength, but his skill was great, and he used every trick to stay the ghost, for once in the open he would have no chance. Then those two crashed back and forth across the hall, and broke before them seats and benches, and fell against the walls till the very timbers cracked. 
but Everglam drew Gretir nearer the passage that led to the door, and at last he got him there. Now Gretir fought for his very life, and tripped the thrall, but could not throw him, and caught at the beams, but could not keep his hold. Glam drew him along the passage, and at last made ready to bear him out the door. Then Gretir saw that his last chance had come, and as Glam stooped to grasp him closer, all the time pulling toward the door, then Gretir suddenly rushed against him with all his strength and drove him backward against the casing. They broke the lintel before them, and Glam's shoulders and head burst through the plate beam and the thatch, and they both fell violently outward from the door and down upon the ground. Glam fell upon his back and Gretir upon him, and there they lay, breathless and gasping and spent. There in the moonlight, Gretir for the first time clearly saw Glam's face. So dreadful was the sight, with those huge eyes rolling horribly, that well nigh Gretir's spirit fled, and he had no thought to save himself. Then Glam spoke and said, Now have we measured our strength, Gretir, and now I lay my weird on thee. Thou hast only half the strength which would have come to thee, had thou not put thyself in my way. Now it shall never grow greater, though many will call thee strong enough. And now has thy luck turned, and whatever thou dost, after this, shall go against thee. Thou shalt be outlawed, and white dweller much alone. Then often shalt thou see my glaring eyes, and shalt dread to be alone, and that shall be thy death. But when Glam had finished speaking, then Gretir roused himself and drew his sword and smote the ghost's head from his body and lay it at his thigh. Then Gretir called the farmer out and showed him what he had done, and Torhal praised God that his plague was gone at last. Then they made a great fire over Glam and burned him all to ashes, and brought those to a barren place and buried them deep. And Glam never walked again nor troubled anyone more, save only Gretir, as will be seen. Torhal called his neighbors and told what had happened, and they all praised Gretir as the bravest and strongest man that had ever came into Iceland. And Torhal gave Gretir another horse and new clothes, for his own were torn to shreds, and Gretir rode away to his own kin. But always after that, Gretir saw strange shapes in the dark, and all sorts of horrors disturbed his sleep, and he could scarcely bear to be alone in the night. And often he saw before him Glam's rolling glassy eyes. This is the end of Chapter 4 of Gretir's Saga. Thank you very much for listening, and tune in again next week to hear Chapter 5. If you like this series, then make sure to subscribe. And if you like, also follow me on Instagram at Northman's Tales. See you next week. Bye bye.